Hi, welcome to Comp and Circumstance, the Freshman Writing Podcast. So I'm back with the second part of the writing process um, using the analogy of building a house. And in the first part, I talked about the importance of understanding the topic. And in this part, part two, I want to talk about brainstorming and how to move toward a strong foundation for your essay. So if you haven't already listened to part one, you might find yourself a little bit lost here when I use some of the terminology to discuss the writing process. So I suggest that you go ahead and pause this episode and go back and listen to part one of the writing process. Let's build a house. Um, In terms of building a house, the foundation is going to assure that the house remains stable. A lot of work goes into the foundation. Builders don't just walk out onto a plot of land and start to put the foundation down. Measurements are taken. Cost effectiveness and budget are considered. Landscaping plans are a factor. There are many ways of analyzing a piece of land to determine the position of the house. Finally, when the day comes to put down the foundation, it's a monumental undertaking. Weeks, if not a month or more, have gone into planning for the foundation. Now, I've never built a house, but I have lived long enough to see a lot of houses built around my area. Um, In fact, on my drive to work today, I'm going to pass by two new developments where grading and excavation have happened and um, pipes have been put into the ground and they are leveling out the dirt in order to start building. So again, I'm not an expert. I'm not going to claim to be an expert on how to lay a foundation, but I understand how buildings um, are built And that if the foundation is not strong, then the building will eventually crumble. So for my intents and purposes today, I'm going to use the example of building on a slab. So using a concrete slab as a foundation. Um, What I know about a concrete slab is that if it's not poured properly, all sorts of problems can arise. If the foundation's not level or if the wrong concrete is used, if the slab doesn't cure, or if there are places that crack and crumble, the house that's built on on top of that foundation won't stand. Typically a foundation is not something done by one person either. Lots of heads and bodies are employed when it comes to mapping out where a foundation needs to go and pouring the foundation, making sure it's level and that it will accommodate all of the things that you need it to accommodate. So in the academic world, the essay's foundation is the thesis, or you might have heard it called the thesis statement. I use the words thesis statement, thesis, opinion, and argument interchangeably. If the thesis statement is not a strong one, then the essay will crumble. To come up with a strong foundation, a writer needs to spend a pretty good amount of time considering the purpose of the essay, analyzing the subject, generating raw material that will exceed the minimum length requirement, and determining their opinion about the subject. 
just like preparing a house's foundation, creating the thesis is a multi-day process and you should plan accordingly. Many freshman writers think that they have to come up with a thesis before they do anything else. So before they even start brainstorming, they think that they need to come up with a thesis. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. The thesis is actually the result of brainstorming, not the beginning of it. So the first thing to do after you've analyzed the topic is to actually brainstorm. In my classes, I assign two steps for brainstorming that have helped my students over the years, and maybe they'll help you. The first thing that I require my students to do is actively think about the topic. So what does that mean? Um, I have them think about their topic and record everything that they think about it, even if it's unrelated, even if they don't have any thoughts. I make them write that down. I make them list or some of them like to free write about whatever pops into their heads after they read the topic. I ask them to do this in class for 10 minutes and I time them. And I say, just put down whatever you think. The only rule for that 10 minutes is that they can't stop moving their hand or if they're using a computer, they can't stop typing. If they get stuck, I tell them to rewrite the last word of the last thing that they wrote over and over and over again until something new pops into their head. Once we've done that, we talk about what everyone in the class wrote and we eliminate all of the common denominators. So what that means is that if everyone in class came up with three of the same responses, those responses are not suitable for the essay and we have to start again. So we do another 10 minutes. So essentially what I'm helping my students to do is to think critically about the topic so that they can come up with a subject for the essay that's unique to them. Just like preparing the foundation of a house, this first step of brainstorming requires at least one more person who can help you eliminate um, the boring or knee-jerk subjects and really help you generate material that is unique to you and your take on the subject. The last thing that you want to do is write the same essay that someone else in your class could write. Believe it or not, instructors get bored of reading the same essay more or less over and over and over again, especially when the majority of college level freshman writing should be to exhibit critical thinking. After the in-class active thinking session, I ask my students to return to their topic over the next few days and spend 10 to 15 minutes writing down any additional thoughts. Um, I tell them not to revisit the brainstorming that they've already done. So either start a new page in their notebook or start a new document on their computer and just keep a record of two or three days worth of active thinking about the topic and narrowing to a subject that they think they might wanna write about. I have them do this because it allows their brains to reset and to rest. And resetting and resting are part of the writing process. Resetting and resting allow you to approach your topic and subject 
objectively, which is what academic writing needs to do. You have to have an equal balance of ethos, pathos, and logos. If you're too involved or there's too much pathos, or if you're not involved enough, there's too much logos or ethos, nobody will want to read your essay and you'll probably end up with an ineffective or weak thesis statement. So after they do that for a few days, the second thing that I have them do and that I hope you'll find helpful is something that's called the big six. The big six is a technique for brainstorming that I borrow from journalism. In journalism, the articles should cover who, what, when, where, why, and how about a subject. So I have my students brainstorm who, what, when, where, why, and how about their subject. These particular big six questions don't have to be considered in that order, but the student can't skip any of them. So all six of them need to be addressed. And just like with the active thinking step, I ask my students to spend a day considering each of the parts of the big six. So I say day one, think about what you want to write about and write as much descriptive detail as you can about what, and then the next day where, the next day why, and so on. So it takes about six days. Again, this is to encourage them to rest their brains and to reset so they, they can come back and approach their subject objectively. One of the other things that I do is I give them some parameters for the big six. I ask questions of them that I expect them to answer. So for example, if we talk about the who portion of the big six, who can be considered by analyzing who the subject impacts or who could be hurt or benefit of this from the subject or who was involved. So you don't just consider the who part from one particular perspective. Rather than writing, um, you know, something like this subject impacts teenagers in a negative way, um, I have my students think more deeply about that specific demographic, the age, the socioeconomic or cultural or gender groups they're referencing when they use the word teenagers. And then the same with negative impact. What's a negative impact? So it's very important for them to be able to articulate on paper what they mean by these more or less abstract terms. Using all five of their senses is important uh, when it comes to answering these six questions. So for example, if they're looking at the when of the subject happens in terms of history, or when someone is affected, or when an emotion is felt, or when time of day or night is important. Don't just describe what can be observed. In other words, don't just describe what the eyes could see. I ask my students to consider too what might be tactile or auditory. So what might be felt when something happens or what might be heard when something happens. You can use the other senses too, things that we smell and things that we taste, but those don't necessarily translate to all subjects. 
the hardest questions to answer in the big six are why and how. And usually answering those questions leads to the tentative thesis statement or the working thesis statement. I use those terms interchangeably. And that tentative thesis can become the strong foundation for the essay. So something you can try is answering the question, why does your subject actually matter to your reader? Or why should your subject actually matter to your reader or to a specific field of study or to other people like you? You can try answering the question, why should my reader even care about this? And if you can come up with um, you know, full length sentences that address those questions, then you can move toward again, that strong foundation. For how, you can consider things like how your subject could be useful to others or how you hope the reader will respond to your information. If your subject has something to do with an event, you can consider how it unfolded. You can also quantify how. Um, so how important is the subject or how important should the subject be? Once you've taken the time to do these two steps, active thinking and the big six, you're really ready to begin writing a few thesis statements. And I say a few because I think it's a good idea to try to say the same thing in different ways or to say a few different things and then see which one you actually like best. Essays typically have a one sentence thesis, but there are times when you actually do need two sentences to articulate a thesis. I give my students a formula to use if they need to. I say, I say simply state the subject and then add the opinion and then you get a thesis. Depending on the topic, you might need to include language that's specific to your mode of writing. And again, I covered um, modes of writing in part one. Whatever the finished product, once you, um, once you have that thesis statement, you've got a foundation, but you, again, can't get there quickly. Just like building a house, the foundation needs to sit for a little while before you begin building on top of it. And I'll cover that next step, what to do with all of your brainstorming material in part three of Let's Build a House. As usual, thanks for listening today. I hope what you heard was helpful and that you can apply it to your own writing project. You can reach out to me at composition and circumstance at gmail.com.